restrictions or what have you, rather than what he imposed last year, was a full national lockdown, which had a, as you know, a dramatic 25% decline in GDP in the second mm. quarter, uh, which really damaged the Indian economy. So I think uh, argument would be that uh, you know they understand the, the virus better, although that can be questionable given the recent outbreak. But more importantly, it was to try to maintain the level of economic activity better than what they did last year. Mm. So that's the that's the focus of the government's view. Having said that, what it's meant that is that uh, it's quite possible that uh, this is happening at probably three or four weeks too late. And uh, as a result, because of the flare-ups in uh, in many states, um, the level of restrictions will probably need to be very, very tight in order to break the chain. Well, thank you very much for giving us an update, Toby. Um, I hope things are, are well with you over there uh, in particular. And we'll talk to you again next Friday. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Societe Generale India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, in the markets, uh, stocks are slipping this morning. The SX200, well, actually, the SX200 has recovered a bit. It's now flat. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan is down 0.9%. The Cosby in South Korea also off 0.9%. Futures markets indicating the Hang Seng is going to open about 0.2% lower in just under an hour's time. Brent crude oil this morning trading at $65.69 a barrel. Gold is at $1,784 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening to Money Talk this week. I'll be back on Monday morning. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Do please stay tuned to Radio 3 for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings next. The weather forecast, fine. Hot during the day. Maximum temperature is going to be around 31 degrees. And then the outlook, hot during the day tomorrow. Cloudier with a few showers earlier to midweek next week. It's 25 degrees right now, 83% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Susan Lavender with a half-hour news. Microbiologist Yoon Gwok Yung says cross-contamination in a private laboratory testing samples for coronavirus may have resulted in more than two dozen false positives. The expert had inspected the lab run by BGI after it yielded 30 positive samples all on the same day, Todd Harding reports. Of the 30 positive results returned by the lab, only two have been confirmed by the hospital authority. Professor Yoon said after inspecting the facility that it appears to be a case of cross-contamination. He says the evidence suggests that staff may have accidentally transferred the virus from two genuinely positive samples to 28 others tested in the same batch. He thinks the virus may have been spread as workers opened vials of samples contaminating their gloves or other equipment. He recommended the lab conduct a thorough disinfection adding that all used gloves and vial containers should be changed for each batch. Hong Kong reported two untraceable local infections yesterday and a dozen imported cases. Experts advising the government on Hong Kong's COVID vaccination programme are now recommending pregnant women and nursing mothers get the BioNTech jab. They updated their advice after reviewing the latest data, which showed that more than 90,000 pregnant women worldwide have been safely given the vaccine. Here's Professor David Hui from Chinese University. The antibody level acquired through the vaccination is even higher than those who underwent natural infection during pregnancy. And also researchers have also found a good antibody level in the cord blood and also in the breast milk. So that would confer protection of the baby. President Biden has opened a major global climate summit with a call to world leaders to step up to the challenge. He committed the U.S. to a target of halving emissions by the year 2030, but he said the U.S. couldn't act alone and global action would benefit everyone. 
those that do take action and make bold investments in their people and clean energy future will win the good jobs of tomorrow and make their economies more resilient and more competitive. So let's run that race. Win more. Win more sustainable future than we have now. Overcome the existential crisis of our times. We know just how critically important that is because scientists tell us that this is the decisive decade. Speaking after Mr. Biden, President Xi Jinping said China would reduce its consumption of coal. He spoke through an interpreter. China will strive to peak carbon dioxide emissions before 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality before 2060. China has committed to move from carbon peak to carbon neutrality in a much shorter time span than what might take many developed countries. And that requires extraordinarily hard efforts from China. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today, documentaries and helicopters on Mars. The DOB lawmaker Holden Chow has warned that the pro-democracy Confederation of Trade Unions, the CTU, could be violating the national security law with its private screenings of three documentaries on the social unrest of 2019. He said the group could be seen as promoting terrorism. The screening uh, about the events of the uh, documentary, about the events of the uh, Poly U during the 2019 protests, have been postponed after officers from the Office for Film, Newspaper and Article Administration visited the venue asking for screening details. The CTU said they claimed they had the right to send someone to the screening and to monitor if the CTU have the screening permit and to check the participants' ID cards. The film is allowed to be shown here in Hong Kong, although it has to display a warning that some of the acts depicted, quote, might constitute criminal offences, unquote. Earlier this year, extensive attacks by several pro-Beijing media outlets spurred a cinema and some art centres to scrap screenings. Other documentaries are in the news too, with the Norwegian film uh, the Oscar-nominated Do Not Split being slammed by Chinese state media. They said it shouldn't win the award as it lacks artistry and is full of biased political stances. They warned the Oscars should not be reduced to political tools, otherwise it will hurt Chinese audiences' feelings and may lead to a heavy loss in the Chinese film market. The Oscars themselves will not be aired live on TV here in Hong Kong. Well, documentaries, should documentary films be balanced, accurate? Should they be impartial or partial? And does that make them propaganda? How are they different to news reports, for example? Could some promote terrorism? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or call us on 233-88266. And after 9.15, we're going to be talking about Ingenuity. That's the uh, NASA's new helicopter drone, which successfully not just landed on Mars, it flew on Mars, as I say, looking, uh, talking about that towards the end of the programme this morning. Once again, our email, backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a group of uh, uh, emails um, relating to our second uh, topic yesterday when we were talking about uh, child abuse, uh, tackling child abuse uh, in Hong Kong. Maybe we'll, we'll hold those over till, till, till a little bit uh, later. Uh, uh, we also have one from uh, Alan uh, on the main topic uh, for 
for this morning on uh, documentaries. Uh, Alan says, every day the government ticks off another item on its progression into an Orwellian police state. Today, film censorship and more white terror. Quote, the CTU said they claimed they had the right to send in someone to the screening and to monitor if the CTU have the screening permit and to check the participants' ID cards, unquote. If you have a government stooge on air, ask them what possible reason there is to collect ID cards of people watching a film except to intimidate and later persecute them. That comes uh, from Alan. Once again, backchatter.hk.hk is our email. Uh, our guest in the first half of the show, Andrew Leung. Andrew Leung, in- international and independent chi- <coughs> China strategist and former Director General of Social Welfare. And Jenny Lam. Jenny Lam is a senior lecturer at Hong Kong Baptist University and former news editor of TVB News. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Let's go to Jenny Lam. Maybe let's go to you first. Have, have you? Hi. hi. Good morning. Have you seen the, these documentaries? Uh, Do not split and in, in, or inside the red wall. I have seen Do Not Split. Um, you can find that online inside the red wall. Uh, I looked for it. Uh, I did not want to download a virus. <laughs> so, so I've certainly seen clips of it. Yes. Are you temp- were you tempted to go to one of these screenings? I don't know if you're still a member of the Journalist Association, but um, uh, were you tempted to go to one of the public sc- sc- or, the, or one of these screenings organised by various organisations in Hong Kong? If it's available to watch, I'd like to see what happened inside PolyU, yes. And what do you make of uh, this fairly ferocious response to them being screened in Hong Kong? Well, look, I mean, let's think about what documentaries are. Um, they, they, they are essentially visual evidence of, of what happened. Um, I think that uh, the One Way Pal uh, was making the point that it's, they, they reckon inside the red brick wall is full of violence, that they, they might incite certain, com- you know, certain um, sentiment and, and young people might feel a certain way. Um, uh, or, or, or they suggest that it might incite terrorism. Um, I, I wonder, you know, if our young people are so vulnerable such as if they watch a film, um, they'd be sold on an idea. I would think the priority would be to educate your young people to think critically in the first place. They're not very bad. Well, I haven't seen Inside the Brick Wall, but like you, I've seen Do Not the Split, which is available on YouTube, and uh, I mean, it, it doesn't really pretend to be balanced, does it? They're not very, uh, that at least is not balanced, and we can suspect that uh, Inside the Brick Wall, it, it, the Red Wall, is, is similar as well. How about when we have, um, as we mentioned in the introduction, we have the Office for Film, Newspaper and Article Administration actually asking for ID card numbers of uh, people who are going along to one of these viewings. Um, and, I mean, you, you're, teaching, um, you're teaching future journalists, aren't you, at Hong Kong Baptist University? I mean, in terms of um, uh, student journalists, you go around compiling documentaries and um, also watching a lot of them. Um, surely there is some concern that uh, uh, people who are involved in that sort of thing could be, could be, could be subject to this kind of scrutiny. There are obviously uh, 
many journalists nowadays feel very threatened. We saw yesterday Bao Choi uh, was fined um, for, for looking up a uh, car registration number for, for an RTHK program. I think one of you... Um, uh, contributors uh, in that email um, just now that you read out uh, put it very well. If you want to copy down people's ID number for watching a film, what what do you want to what do you want to use uh, those ID numbers for? Um, yeah, so, so maybe uh, prosecute them later. And so do we go to a point if I go and watch a film at a public cinema, I have to give my ID card number as well? And, and so, you know, at, at what point does that stop? Okay, here's a neat, this comment on Facebook from Tom, uh, who says, uh, imagine, if you will, awards celebrations in Russia for films celebrating the MAGA movement's heroic January the 6th Take Back the Steel insurrection, and why those films are not winning awards and being shown in America, or Northern Ireland, Republican propaganda films being given awards in the BAFTAs. It's in the UK. It's always a, only a one-way mirror of indignation with the anti-China crowd, because that feels good, man. That comes uh, from uh, Tom, uh, Jenny Lamb, is that the situation? Is that how things stand? Well, yeah. <laughs> Look, why why certain films get awards and, and others are not? You know, awards are awarded by people who are expertise in, in film. Maybe that particular film just wasn't very good and didn't get an award. Uh, if you, you say, you know, are people going to be brainwashed after watching a particular film? Depends on the person. You know, as a 10-year-old person, might be more vulnerable, but I, think I, I would personally be particularly brainwashed. With, with, with journalists, I mean, what we try to teach our students is to be accurate and truthful and, on, and honest in their storytelling. Everybody, you and I, will tell stories in different ways because we just see things in the world from our perspective. And a film is a visual manifestation of that, right? So when we say, when we say something is biased, when we don't agree with it, if you don't agree with it, doesn't, doesn't mean that that's not the reality. From, from your experience, do people still want to become journalists in Hong Kong? Are you still, are you, yeah. are you, are you still oh, seeing yeah. a, a large number or application numbers dropping off? Uh, no, we're not saying quite the opposite. Um, so people still, you know, despite talking about the risks, people still want to become journalists in Hong Kong? If you're 18 years old, think of yourself when you're 18. You know, you, you, you are probably, you, you have ideals. You know, after the 2019 movement, I think people feel, you know, inspired for the right or wrong ways. I don't know. But, but yes, I mean, I think our young people actually understand that journalism uh, is an important part of the free society. So, so are you saying that you think the 2019 movement actually in effect, one effect of the 2019 movement is there's more interest in becoming a journalist than perhaps there absolutely, was? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, Andrew Lang, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us. Have you seen uh, any of these documentaries? Uh, yes, I have. Um, since I was requested mm -hmm. to be on the show, Thank you. I make it a point uh, <laughs> to at least you know, search for certain clips, uh, even though I think the whole film is uh, not available online, I believe. Um, but I definitely got to uh, view some clips in uh, Do Not Let Slip or some, something. Uh, and also... Um, certain uh, clips that may, may uh, have been included uh, in the current film Inside the Brick Wall. Uh, and of course then, uh, being a Hong Konger, uh, being a Hong Kong person uh, for all my life, um, and, 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 and even um, 
before the founding of the People's Republic of China. Um, I'm deeply involved in this evolution uh, of the kind of sentiments in Hong Kong uh, and also what it means uh, by one country, two systems. So I'm, I'm, I'm deeply uh, grateful for this opportunity. Okay, and what would you learn uh, looking at the documentaries about uh, sentiment? Well, first of all, the first point I make is that, of course, um, um, some people hold the view is, uh, that art is art, politics is politics, uh, and then, of course, art, uh, there are many different uh, kind of uh, uh, different criteria to judge whether artwork is good or bad, and you shouldn't mix that up with politics. But on the other hand, this uh, ignores the reality that there is a political connotation in any art form. Um, the example I'd, I'd like to use is the, um, I think it was a, a decade ago, uh, of the um, uh, Danish cartoons. Um, of course, you can say that Danish cartoon is a form of art, but on the other hand, on the other hand it caused a major kind of uh, backlash um, when it encroaches on certain culture, certain ideology. So there's this angle. The other thing, uh, the point I'd like to make, is that there is always, um, and I refer back to the, to the word uh, angle, I mean, used by your, um, you know, my, 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 my colleagues on, on this panel. Uh, angle is important because you can uh, uh, portray uh, everything is truthful, but if you're looking at it from a certain angle, it does have a political con- connotation. Um, and then this links up to my third point, which is context. Context in the, in the sense of timing, uh, coming as it, uh, it, the film as it is, uh, and, uh, right after the enactment of the national security law. Um, and also, um, of course, this is only an art film, but if we put it into a greater context, a lot of the films are showing, um, of course, scenes of, of, of uh, police uh, kind of reaction or action against the people uh, held up um, in, in this polytechnic. Um, focusing on their inner feelings um, without sh- uh, showing. Of course, they can't show this because this is only about uh, what happened inside the, the campus. But then, of course, it's the, the context is lost. The context is that some of these people may have taken part uh, in um, uh, trampling on, on Hong Kong's law and order uh, and also ransacking certain shops uh, but, uh, people who hold different political opinions to themselves, uh, and also um, uh, ransacking uh, public utilities and MTR and so on and so forth. So the context is completely lost um, and in, in this art film. I'm not, I'm not blaming this film. I think it may have been a very, very good film from an art and create, uh, creativity point of view, and also the music is, is quite good, actually. Um, but on the other hand, the, the context is lost. Um, which leads me to, a, to um, a final point, which is that, um, and that's the, the problem with Hong Kong, because Hong Kong is quite is unique, one country, two systems, uh, and then the one country, of course, have a different uh, political ideology um, compared with, um, you know, the, the, the Hong Kong under colonial times or, or now um, the West. Um, so we were caught in the middle, as it were. And the problem uh, in Hong Kong, and you know, for what has come to pass, is Hong Kong's apparent inability to express itself, to say the same, uh, say the same things, but differently to different people, as someone has said so well recently. That, for example, um, in relation to Beijing, you've got to, to make sure that Hong Kong's under one country, two systems, respect the one country, and also obey 
the the guard, uh, uh, the safeguards in the basic law. Even though those safeguards may not be regarded as democratic uh, in by Western yardsticks, for example, the screening of political candidates uh, to run for the chief executive, and 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 Beijing offer one man one vote uh, um, uh, on the basis of these safeguards enshrined the basic law. And what the radicals are trying to do is to dismantle these safeguards. So you've got to express yourself uh, quite carefully in that context. In the, in the uh, relation to uh, people in Hong Kong, you've got to highlight Hong Kong's values, uh, Hong Kong's desire for liberalism, and, and even, of course, um, the, the, the romanticism and idealism, which is really uh, the dynamo uh, of a society like Hong Kong. And you, you've got to say the same things. Uh, but differently to the Hong Kong people. And then uh, internationally, and you've got to uh, master the narrative, especially at the time of this confrontation of ideologies when, in which Hong Kong is caught in the middle. And how does Hong Kong express itself in all these different contexts? I think it's very important. And, and all these kind of angles which I mentioned, all these points, uh, really lie behind uh, this kind of controversy about the banning or the suspension of this um, uh, film. And what do you make of this um, uh, this uh, Office for Film News and, uh, news and Article Administration visiting the venue where the, 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 the film is being shown and demanding to see ID cards? As a form, former government official, you know yourself, they're very strict guidelines. The Privacy Commission are repeatedly warning sure. against them. Uh, uh, asking to see ID cards unless it's absolutely essential. A whole yeah, series sure. of rulings actually against um, various yeah. organisations in Hong Kong right. about this. Sure. Uh, as I said, I mean, the context is important. Context also includes uh, um, the question about timing. Um, I'm sure that this would not have happened um, for any film, even some controversial film, say it about five or ten years ago. You know, uh, when, 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 when Hong Kong is all, um, in fact, there's a, a Hong Kong has been relatively um, um, uh, almost hands off from Beijing uh, for the best part of 23 years. Uh, but then the, the, the time has changed. Uh, and then happening as it, uh, as it has, um, and, uh, 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 as it does right after the, uh, this almost a year and a half of, of total chaos uh, and also uh, anarchy and also trampling uh, on, Hong, uh, on Beijing's red lines. So I think that's very important. And the showing of identity card, don't forget there is an enactment of uh, national security law, and then the a lot of national security law enforcement officers, so you're uh, suggesting some, uh, a lot of them from Beijing, um, are, are really are there in Hong Kong to implement the, the, the security law. And the suspicion is that the people going to see these films may have taken part in some of the violent um, kind of actions, um, and hence the checking of identity card uh, with a view to even um, sporting uh, some of these radicals. But that, that cannot be taken uh, as the norm in Hong Kong. Now, I think that this is out of context. Hey, why, why, why do you suspect, if someone wants to go along and watch a documentary, why, why do you suspect that that means that they, they, they participated in those events? If so anything, I would have thought it's more likely than... What, what? I would like to say categorically I did not participate <laughs> in that event, but I'm still intrigued by the film. I mean, this, this was something that happened. Even if you don't agree with them, right, it's, it's about whether we actually give voice to people we don't agree with. I, I want to know what motivated people um, to, to uh, take, you know, to, to hold poly you for two weeks. I want to know what they were thinking. 
I want to understand what motivates our young people to do that. Maybe in order to correct them where they're wrong or just understand them. It's, it's about whether well, our society wants to give voice to people we don't agree with. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I wanted to find out more about what actually happened there inside. And that's why I check on the Internet. Um, but not everybody is the same as you and me. Um, and there are uh, a lot of Hong Kong people, as I said, especially the younger generation. Hong Kong, unfortunately, for 23 years, has lost the whole young generation. Uh, Have they really been well, saying that? that? Well, in the sense I that... I meet these young people every day. They're no, 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 let me, let me explain. Uh, they the lost in the sense uh, that these young people have been brought up uh, in a system um, almost, you know, sort of hands off uh, from Beijing, uh, hands off from the mainland. And they don't understand what has happened there uh, in China, and they really don't care. Uh, and they all they concentrate care. on Hong they Kong. They care, they care so much. Why do you say they don't so. care? They care a lot. Of course they care. This is their future. If you're 18, they know by the time they're 45, 50 years old, this is their future. They are part of China. They care so much. Oh, sure, sure. I we, mean, as I mean, the older people, that, that, we have to... I know. So this is the unfortunate reality in Hong Kong. Um, I'm not saying that you, you should blame these young people, because that, that's the way they've been brought up. But this is the reality. Uh, wait. I, um, I, I don't think... All of our young people talk well, about the but I think many of them are very scared. Oh, yeah, I, I can um, understand that, especially they say, uh, and, and that's the reason why there's so many people turn up um, in the kind of extra, extra, uh, anti-extradition -ex law. Um, not everybody uh, uh, is a radical. But on the other hand, there's a, 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 a kind of suspicion, a fear, and that's, uh, that's fear and suspicion. Explains from a relative lack of understanding of what's happening in China. So the whole, whole world now, I mean, there's a, it's not just in Hong Kong. I mean, the United States and the best part of the people uh, and, and many countries still do not understand. And, and of course, it, it, it even uh, I, I would not be so proud as this to say that I understand China perfectly. But I think that this is a kind of relative thing, and, and as if um, the communist regime is evil, and it's going to um, uh, impose authoritarianism in the whole world. I mean, this is, this is really totally out of context. And in fact, I, I, in the, on this program, I refer, to, I refer to the recent Harvard Kennedy School as Center Report, which was out a couple of months ago, con uh, showing uh, a lot of evidence that over the decades, especially over recent years, um, in terms of uh, people's uh, support, the percentage of people support of their government, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Beijing government, um, as it is constituted, enjoys a tremendous support from its people, not just now, but over the decades, several ranks, multiple ranks, above the United States. All right, okay. Uh, um, so I mean that this is a, a, a misunderstanding or lack of understanding of what's happening. Okay, uh, Jenny, Jenny Lam, because I, I know you're going at, at 9 o'clock, Andrew Lung will, will stay with us. So just within the last few minutes, I just uh, an interesting uh, thought just crossed my mind. There, there are a lot of documentaries about Hong Kong and, and, and 2019 uh, that were produced by CGTN, by produced by state media uh, uh -huh. from China, and they're in English and they're available on, on, the, on the internet. Uh, I, I mean, I've looked at some of them, and, and I've got to say they they don't seem to be very effective. Uh, they do tend to have a tone. They do to, tend to come across 
uh, to my mind, as being uh, kind of propaganda. They obviously have a, a message to sell. They have a point uh, very strongly uh, to make. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jenny Lamb? Is the is the are they should they just be considered documentaries like other documentaries? Well, look, I mean, like I said, any film is is a narrative from the perspective of the person who made it. Do not split which I have watched. I, 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 I don't know enough about the Inside the Rebrick War, and Andrew, you seem to be making a lot of assumptions about a film that you've never watched. But Do Not Split is told from a, mainly from the perspective of a girl. She was a student. Um, she was in the protest. So, yes, when you watch a film, you know, ah, oh, this is told from her angle. Um, what, what CGTN is made of, of course, CGTN is, is part of um, the, the, the mainland government's uh, propaganda machine. So I would watch a film. I, you know, when I was, was a journalist, I read the One Way Pow and Taco Pow every day, simply because we need to know what everybody is thinking and where they're coming from. That is what understanding journalism is about. And I just didn't just read those two, I read everything else too. Okay. For your information. All right. Well, so, uh, okay. I, I recommend people look that, uh, look at that. There's a, there's one called uh, Another Hong Kong, the Source of the Storm, that's produced by uh, CGTN. Uh, How could the celebrated Pearl of the Orient have descended into such shame? Uh, is the uh, description. Uh, check that out. Um, and, and in the meantime, thank you very much indeed to uh, Jenny Lamb, who's a senior lecturer from the Hong Kong Baptist University and former uh, news editor of uh, TVB News. Uh, Andrew Lung will. Uh, be sticking with us and also going to be joined by uh, uh, an organiser from the uh, Confederation of uh, Trade Unions, also going to be hearing about uh, ingenuity about that uh, helicopter flying on Mars later as well. And we want to hear from you. Quite a few interesting uh, emails coming in. Thank you very much indeed. Backchat at rthk.hk uh, is the uh, email address or call us on 233-88266. The weather forecast, meanwhile, before the news now at nine, uh, in a word, fine. It's going to be hot. Uh, temperatures up to 31 degrees and the outlook hot during the day. Tomorrow, cloudier with a few showers early to midweek next week. And the latest readings at the moment, 26 Celsius. And the relative humidity is standing at 80%. Back in three minutes. It's in constant discussion with other government departments about how to make law enforcement more effective. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back, back chat this Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverson. We're talking about uh, documentaries. This is inspired by, uh, well, uh, controversy over the uh, screening of a uh, documentary about the uh, siege of the Polytechnic University uh, inside the Red Wall. Uh, uh, also uh, controversy over that uh, film uh, about uh, 2019, Do Not Split, which has been Oscar uh, nominated for uh, an Oscar. Uh, now the Oscars won't be shown uh, in Hong Kong, well, not live, uh, at least. Chinese state media were very unhappy with that uh, nomination. They said it shouldn't win the award, it lacks artistry and is full of biased political stances. We're talking about the issue of uh, bias in, in, in documentaries and also about uh, 2019 and uh, many other kind of uh, related uh, issues uh, this morning. We have with us Andrew Lung, International Independent China Strategist, former Director General of Social Welfare. We're talking to uh, Jenny Lam, formerly of uh, TVB News in the first part of the programme. We're also joined now by uh, Wang Yu Loi, who's uh, from the the organising coordinator from the CTU, the 
from the uh, Confederation of Trade Unions who were wanted to screen uh, inside the Red Wall, which is allowed, which has been passed by uh, censors in Hong Kong for display uh, uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, also, we're going to be talking later about uh, the flight of Ingenuity, a helicopter on Mars. Okay, a lot of the a lot of emails and comments uh, on this. Um, various aspects of this. A few from Anthony. Uh, Anthony says, uh, Hi Jenny, uh, everyone has the right to tell a story in a different way. Does it mean that includes making misleading accusations? By the same token, do you think it's fine to broadcast a documentary that asking people do not split with the Nazis as they dedicated themselves to protecting the interests of the Germans by burning up the Communist Party and killing the Jews back then? That comes from uh, Anthony. And... Uh, Hugh says, in these unsettling times for Hong Kong media, I wonder why the usually vociferous FCC is so silent. Cannot Backchat get some input from these freedom warriors as we feel the boot push us down? That's uh, from Hugh. Um, and uh, Anthony also says, of course, during the pandemic, we need very good contact tracing, right? The best way is to who the ID card as people go to see Cat 3 movies to prove their age, right? Uh, Vic says Holden, Holden Chow had uh, uh, spoken out against this uh, screenings. He said that it could be promoting terrorism. Vic says Holden is trying to find relevance at a time his party is spiralling towards irrelevance. With an eye on the seat Starry Lee is presently occupying, he will do anything to be on the good side of his overlords. The best media can do is to ignore him. In the guise of being patriotic, he and his rubber stamp party are traitors as far as Hong Kong residents are concerned. Even Beijing has realised their nuisance value. That is from uh, Vic. Um, and uh, Jay says, for the past 30 years, people didn't care about Hong Kong. It was business, business, until politics in the last three or four years has been rammed down everyone's throat. And, of course, young people have taken interest be because it's being made more important than business. That's from uh, Jay. Uh, Jim says, under the occupation of the British, the police special branch used to barge into any venue and demand to see the ID cards of local. No Hong Kong people uh, objected. That's uh, from uh, Jim. Uh, and uh, Jenny again says, can you tell, uh, this is from, sorry, from Anthony, who says, Jenny, can you tell me why the perpetrators lynched the dissidents and burned up the poly campus? Uh, once again, our email backchat at rthk.hk. Our guest in the second half of the show, um, Andrew Leung, international and independent China strategist and former director general of social welfare, is still with us. And we're also now joined by uh, Wong Yu Lai. Wong Yu Lai is uh, organizing coordinator of the Confederation of Trade Unions. Uh, uh, good morning, Mr. Wong. Welcome to Backchat. Uh, now, can you explain exactly what happened? The Confederation of Trade Unions were planning to show inside the red brick wall, I think you were planning to show several different documentaries, and then you received a call, didn't you, from, a telephone call from the, from the government, from the Office of Film, Newspaper and Article Administration. What happened after that? It is actually not a call, but a visit to our office, and then they inquire um, the details about our screening of the inside the red brick wall. And then uh, they said they have the authority to examine, uh, to see into the uh, screening venue and to examine, uh, I mean, to check the uh, identity card of uh, participants. Um, um, yes, they mentioned this. And then uh, because uh, the ordinance is 
we are not quite familiar with the ordinance, so um, we have to look into the details of the ordinance um, about their authority and their uh, power to um, execute such a uh, check and then their power to seek into a private screening event. And then you you cancel the screening, is that right? So you, 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 you very at a very late time, very shortly before the screening, you decided to cancel it or postpone it or delay it. Uh, yeah, we uh, postponed it uh, because uh, we are not familiar with the, the ordinance, and then we have to look into the details. And also, we consider the privacy of the participants. So, uh, first of all, I think the. Uh, uh, the uh, soonest uh, reaction is to postpone the screening and then uh, try to uh, figure out what happened and then maybe we will schedule another date for the screening. Well, why should... I, 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 mean, I know it's not normal to show your ID card when you go in to watch a... Um to watch a movie or anything like that, but wh why should anyone, uh, if if you haven't broken the law, why, why, why should people be afraid to um, show their ID cards? Just like a normal case in the street, police can check your ID card. Of course, it is your responsibility to show your ID card. Uh, it is the law. Uh, I don't think people are afraid of showing their ID card. The problem or the situation we face now is the right terror is quite widespread in Hong Kong. Look, uh, you know, the uh, pro-government uh, pro or pro-Beijing lawmakers Every time they accuse us by using national security law, promoting uh, terrorism, uh, inciting violence and subversions, such a, a so serious crime, um, you know, it did scare people, of course. So that's why we want to protect our members. I want to emphasize it is a private screening and for members only. Surely the pro-government lawmakers, the pro-government newspapers, they have freedom of speech, freedom of press as well. If they want to say these kind of things, they have the right to do so. Yes, of course, but uh, we have to balance the impact of this. If the, if the uh, pro-Beijing newspapers or state media uh, overreact or they... Uh, overwhelmingly uh, using such kind of um, uh, freedom of expression to suppress the freedom of expression of individuals. It is the situation every Hong Kongers have to consider, yes. Did they say, I mean, I've got to say, uh, um, just from my point of view, I, I, I'm not familiar with this, even the existence of this uh, office for film, newspaper and article administration. I don't really know what they do. It's probably a legacy left over from the past. Uh, and, and I'm not quite sure what the officers, what powers the officers have. As you said, the, you, you've got to check the ordinance. Did they say why they would be checking IDs? Was it because this is Category 3 and so you had to be over 18? Do they have some power there? Do you know, Mr um, Wong? Um, primarily, we look into the uh, ordinance. It seems that they have, the, they have the power to check everyone's ID. And, and, and even more some uh, personal uh, data, including their residential address. Okay. So, so, so 
Why? So they, sorry, they're they're sorry, they're able to get people's ask people their residential address. Yeah, it seems that it is in the uh, uh, in the ordinance. Yeah, because they're at a film show. Yeah. Well, I'm speculating here. You may well find that this is a very old provision that uh, has been in the ordinance for a long time and hasn't been uh, <laughs> even looked at for decades. In any case, uh, let, let Andrew Long is is, is still still with us. Uh, yep. Andrew Long, what, what 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 do you what do you make of these suggestions of white terror? Well, I think the politics of Hong Kong Kong have completely changed uh, since this uh, nearly two years of uh, black terror, as it were. Uh, so black terror justifies white terror, sorry, does it? The, well, I mean, you look at the some even the clips in, in uh, Do Not Let Slip and Inside a Big War, um, and you can see this in this uh, particular context. And that's uh, ended up with the enactment of the national security law. Now, of course, the laws in every different countries are very, very different. And I like to, <laughs> to use this kind of uh, hackney, perhaps, uh, expression that when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Now, don't get me wrong. And someone will say, oh, you're comparing Hong Kong with ancient Rome. It's nothing like that. But if this is a useful reminder that you've got to uh, um, uh, 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 abide by the law in each and different country. Uh, as I was trying to point, point out, um, a freedom of expression uh, and, and the kind of concept of democracy is, is not absolute. Uh, and the example I'd like to use is that back in the maybe about 10 or, or years ago, uh, in, a, in a developed Western um, country, I, I believe it's Austria, a university professor, uh, he, he could be a nutty professor, uh, but he, he, was, he, he was questioning the Holocaust. Now, it was in the university, in the context of academia, but he was arrested and put in prison. But you can say, oh, well, what about freedom of expression? So I think that using that uh, as an example, that, uh, and also my early reference to the Danish cartoons, um, uh, everything has got to be put into context. And in the case of Hong Kong, um, freedom, uh, democracy, of course, is always the, the values held there in Hong Kong. But yes, in, during those two, two years, there has been a license uh, to promote um, parties like the promoting self-determination or independence, and now the party's been banned. Um, you can say, well, this is, of course, a, a freedom of expression as well. But that's the reality. Um, now, it's a, it's a, as, I, as I said, Hong Kong has got to be it's a unique position. We've got to say the same things, but differently, in different contexts. Um, because Hong Kong is unique and one country, two system is unique, we're caught uh, in between the kind of crash, perhaps, in ideologies. And then Hong Kong has lost a whole generation of young people, not, not, not their own fault, but they have lost their sense of nationhood. And hence, be combined with this kind of uh, violent protest, uh, and complete breakdown of law and order led to the enactment of the national security law. And we've got to face the reality. Now, I'm not saying that this kind of narrative is, is being um, uh, played very well uh, by Beijing. For example, someone referred to CGTN. Uh, I'm a, um, a, a, an avid um, a kind of reader of CGTN news clips and so on and so forth. Just to see how the story is being told. Um, now, I think that it's getting better and better, but it's not good enough. Because in the international context, I think it's, uh, also uh, China is still struggling with it, is that how to, um, to tell the narrative in a way that is uh, convincing to the West. And in the same way that the West has got to, uh, to, to, to push the narrative, uh, which would be perceived by Beijing as not 
um, uh, rotting the boat, um, and 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 you've got to find the sweet spot, but it's not easy. Okay, uh, here's here's a question for you, uh, Mr. Lung. Boris says, ask Andrew Lung why he thinks that young Hong Kongers don't know enough about China, and that's why they acted as they did during the protests. Maybe they know China all too well, and they don't like what they see. Lung just repeats the usual establishment line to take nonsense that he has to ensure that his consultancy survives. He's hopefully compromised. The Hong Kong government's public announcements and press release post-NSL are unbalanced. Maybe they should be banned. Uh, that comes uh, from Boris. Can Sorry? I answer that directly? Please, yeah. Lest we forget, right? Um, um, of course, it, it's the perception of China. It's not the kind of um, understanding uh, China, um, 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 uh, the good and the bad and the ugly, as it were. Um, there, there are a lot of good things happening in China. And there, of course, there are certain undesirable things happening in China. Have a lot of the Hong Kong people... Uh, young people been inside the mainland? Have they seen, uh, apart from the big cities, have they gone to the villages? Uh, have they gone to other parts in China? And to be able to understand a complete holistic picture, not just the picture, a, a kind of uh, uh, a snapshot as it is now, but in the context of its progress uh, throughout all these years, from a, um, 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 a kind of impoverished country, you know, sort of uh, even people did not have um, uh, enough to eat, or even uh, close to where. Uh, in the old days, there was a, a favorite kind of phrase that people even had to share a pair of trousers uh, in the pool, pool villages. But not that what is hard now. 800, 800 million people have been lifted out of poverty. And then Hong Kong's, uh, and then the Chinese people have really stood up in the world. Um, of course, there, 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 are, there are good things and bad things like any other country, including the United States. But you've got to, to understand this kind of context this kind of uh, holistic picture. And when I say the young people do not understand China, it's because they are beholden to their own concept of China based on a lack of personal experience of what's happening inside China, of okay. a, a different kind of um, a narrative in order to, to be able to judge, uh, to take a more balanced view. All right. Well, okay. uh, Andrew, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning, uh, uh, independent in, uh, and international uh, China strategist. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you to uh, Wang Yuloi from the uh, Confederation of Trade Unions and Organising Coordinator. A couple more comments to uh, finish off. Martin says, uh, in contrast, uh, local journalists who defend the screening of the three documentaries in support, in support of the riots in 2019, do they believe they could make documentaries in support of the insurrection movement, glorying anarchy and the storming of Capitol Hill in the United States. Also, do they believe that such documentaries would go on win awards and be screened across the United States without raising any reaction from the authorities and the FBI, as those documentaries might be in violation of US national security laws because they promote domestic terrorism? If they say yes... Uh, then why don't we see any such documentaries being produced or released in the US, the country with some of the most creative and rebellious filmmakers? That's from uh, Martin. Uh, and Matthew says it must be getting more and more difficult to write and read daily backchat topics like today's and keep a straight face. Hong Kong is being systematically destroyed by the CCP and their proxies and we have to pretend this might be reasonable and justified in order to survive. Even a programme with a few thousand listeners like backchat has been systematically neutered with all government and elected pro-Beijing officials being withdrawn and replaced by an organised group of new correspondents and peripheral mouthpiece guests like Andrew Lung and Ho Lok Sang who generally 
generate no interest or headlines when they say obviously false and stupid things. Should the programme continue in this way or just end instead of allowing itself to be manipulated into a cleansed, bastardised form? Tough but important decision, says uh, Matthew. Thing is, Matthew, we still get loads of emails. We get more than we ever used to. A few few thousand listeners? Yeah. Is that a reasonable... We don't have exact audience. I, I don't know. I don't know. We honestly don't know. Um, uh, I mean, there's a few hundred thousand listeners for, for Radio 3 uh, in a week. And Backcheck um, continually, uh, it comes out pretty high on Radio 3 programmes, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Uh, and as I say, Matthew, we, uh, we get, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time and we used to get very, very few emails. Uh, and now we get loads and loads of emails. You, you have been doing this a long time, Hugh, Hugh, haven't you? I've been doing it, yes, or... Uh, 15 years yeah um or more actually yeah uh anyway um okay on the discussion just before we move to our final topic today uh we were talking about aspects of uh child abuse and and fighting child abuse uh yesterday some some uh, comments uh from listeners who do want to talk because that's the other aspect of of the program matthew is is uh, uh the encouraging the public to to uh join in and uh, to debate we're a platform that's in our, our, our guidelines greg says me and my cantonese speaker partner once had to intervene when we heard a neighbour giving a prolonged thrashing and verbal abuse of a young kid over the spelling of, wait for it, aeroplane when he was doing homework. We had to knock on the door and explain there are two different spellings available in English. We were then told it's a local tradition to beat children now and again to put fear into them. Uh, Dave says, I think however severe the punishment is, it cannot deter insane people from beating the weak and fragile to death. That is perhaps human nature or mob behaviour. I mean, the couple and the step-grandma. G says, domestic violence between adults is also a form of child abuse. Child abuse cannot be eliminated unless domestic violence is treated seriously. Uh, S says, there should be government workshops available to expectant parents about how to handle and discipline children in a positive manner manner sometimes it happens out of uh, ignorance and on the subject of child abuse in hong kong jim says balderdash this has continued in hong kong for decades no administration has taken any conclusive actions to address child abuse the time is now that comes uh, from jim thank you very much indeed for for all those comments back chat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address and we'll continue to do our best to to uh, share your thoughts uh, one more comment from uh, EA, who says your guest, Andrew Guest, has so far said the Black Terror lasted one and a half years, most recently said two years. Kindly, could you correct him on this, that the initial peaceful protest started in around June 2019 and basically were finished by the arrival of COVID in January, February 2020. So it a period of much less than one year of eight or nine months. Also, the last part of this protest, only the last part of this protest involved any violence. That's from uh, EA. Thank you very much indeed. Finally, uh, this week and uh, in the programme uh, today, we wanted to turn to uh, Mars, lift our eyes t- to the uh, skies, and uh, the uh, fate of uh, Ingenuity, uh, the uh, helicopter that uh, NASA has put uh, on Mars. Uh, just news uh, in that uh, they've uh, just completed the uh, second uh, flight, the second ever Mars uh, helicopter flight. Um, a thirty-nine. Uh, sorry, the first one was uh, thirty-nine seconds. Um, this uh, second one has uh, gone a little bit higher. Uh, I think um, perhaps uh, more on that as we uh, talk to uh, our 
resident expert, uh, Professor Quentin Parker from the Department of Physics, Director of Space Research Laboratory at the University of Hong Kong. Professor Parker, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, so, uh, why is this? Why is it important? Do you think this uh, this ingenuity? What's it all about? I mean, it, it looks it looks cool, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what's it all for? Is, does it have a serious aim? It uh, looks very cool, and it looks um, not like a, a drone that you you see around flying around Hong Kong. The blades are are much bigger and wider, and there's two sets of them, and they're counter rotating, and there's. Uh, a um, solar panel on top. So what this is, it's actually a $23 million technology demonstrator of what future um, drone flights on Mars could look like. When I mean, this is a, a sort of de demonstrator. There's a series of flights planned uh, to test out all the different kinds of technology that are on board. It's a very light uh, craft, uh, and um, it's designed just to show uh, what's possible on Mars in the very thin atmosphere on Mars. Don't forget the atmosphere on Mars is about 1% of what it is on Earth. It's very, very thin, but the gravity is a bit lower. And, and this drone is, is designed just to test out various things, the batteries, uh, the solar power, and how that uh, can regenerate the batteries and the kind of flights uh, that are possible, because uh, the, ultimately the idea is is the drones like this on Mars in the future will be going ahead of rovers looking for um, paths that the rovers can safely take. Either they're not going to fall down a crevasse, they're not going to, to tip over on a slight incline, they're going to be able to, to, to map out uh, you know, a safe path through across the su surface of Mars. So that's one thing that they're useful for. And obviously they can also fly around and investigate uh, areas and go up inclines and look at the top of, of cliffs and things. It's much harder uh, to do with just a, a rover and also look at vertical faces and take images of, of um, sedimentary materials, etc., uh, to look at Martian geology. So there's actually a lot of um, a potential for something like this, which is why they've spent such a lot of money on doing this. I mean, it's the first ever powered flight on another body in the solar system. You know, it was 1903 when uh, we had the first powered flight uh, with, uh, you know, with the Wright brothers. And now, um, all this time later, we've had the first powered flight using a drone on Mars. So it's very, very exciting for people like me. And I hope some of the listeners are also intrigued. And there's incredible video footage of this available on the internet. You can all search out. It's, it's really quite remarkable. Uh, I think, Hugh, you're watching that now, right? I was, yes, while you're talking. <laughs> um, so well, I'm actually not. No, I'm, I'm just looking at a few notes I made and an image of no, the No, I was. <laughs> I was. At this end of the RTHK yeah. studio. Now, how about the implications for man flight to, or uh, human flight to um, Mars? I mean, human flight on Mars, I think in the future, obviously, um, if uh, we do uh, uh, start to colonize the planet Mars in, in, in the future, then uh, apart from building uh, places where people can live and, uh, and, and places to get about on Mars, uh, I think uh, flight is something that would enable you to cover distances quite quickly. So uh, it's one of the things, uh, I mean, it's a very long way down the track and whether it'll be something like a, a helicopter on Mars for transporting or some other kind of transport uh, is not decided yet. But this is a technology demonstrator just to see how you can uh, move around the planet Mars. I mean, another thing that Mars is they're doing on Mars at the moment is converting the CO2 into oxygen so that you can actually, you know, have a way of creating well, um, a big oxygen deal, on yes. Mars, because Mars' oxygen level is 0.01% or something, very tiny fraction, most of it's carbon dioxide. So, you know, if we do go to Mars, we need to breathe there, and so we need to be able to create oxygen in situ. And that's one of the other experiments I've been doing, you know, with this uh, Perseverance uh, rover that the Ingenuity helicopter was straddled beneath when it landed. 
Perhaps you can help us out with a, with a, with a physics question. I understand because the air is thin, you've got to have a very big blade. I think it's like four feet across to, to lift it. It is, yes. It's uh, a very uh, large blade. And you, but you've got two blades, and they're moving in opposite directions. How does that work, right. then? How does uh, that help yes, you lift I mean, it up? That's based on a Russian design of certain helicopters that are designed to give you uh, a certain uh, flight profile advantages compared to single rotating um, blades. I, I mean, this is not my area of aerodynamics and physics. I'm not a flight engineer or a, or somebody that works on helicopter design. Uh, but basically, it's just a, a way of generating uh, the kinds of lift in the kinds of control on that lift uh, compared to just a single rotor. I mean, I'm, it's not like I said. It's not. I don't understand. I don't really know about the physics of the. Uh, to be fessing up straight away, you're asking me a question about physics about the aeroplanes on the on the on the surface. I can tell you all about the interesting science and things it can do. But I, I'm not a flight engineer. I'm sorry, and it's not my area. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good question. It's a very good question. Now you see, there's no point trying to pretend you can answer a question you don't know the answer to. Good. That just gets you into a lot of trouble. But you can say, well, I know how to look it up. So this is really going to happen. We're going to have colonies on, on Mars and um, maybe we'll live, Look, live long again, enough to go and visit. plans are there. Um, you know, the Elon Musk of this world are certainly planning it. Um, and we're certainly stuffing up our own planet. So uh, we need to perhaps uh, have a, a plan B uh, for somewhere else for the human race to survive on in the future. And uh, Mars is, is, is relatively nearby in our solar system. It has a, a very, very harsh climate and a, a very extremes of temperature and it's very, very low density atmosphere. So we'd never be able to um, walk outside on Mars unless it's uh, terraformed to a, a degree that current technology is not able to provide. But who knows where we'll be 100 years from now. Um, our planet may, uh, we may step back from the brink. I know there's a huge climate uh, um, uh, debate going on and there's a big uh, international conference happening uh, by Zoom, chaired by uh, Biden, and uh, that's looking positive. But, you know, we're, we're sort of at two minutes to midnight on the clock of uh, devastating and irreversible climate change. So mm. we have to do something. And one of those things is actually also thinking of alternatives for the human race to, to live on, alternative places like the moon, like Mars, and planets like that. All right. Just going back finally to to, uh, to ingenuity. The other thing is that unlike a drone uh, in, in on, on Earth, it's um, it's autonomous, isn't it? It's, it's uh, there's no one remotely controlling it directly. Well, I mean, that, that, the reason is, of course, the light travel time between here and Mars. I mean, at the closest approach between the Earth and Mars, and that's the that's the, the the pathway that the probes that currently gone to Mars have taken it. That they arrive in Mars when the distance between the Earth and the Mars is at the minimum, and uh, that only happens uh, rarely because if you look at the way the planet our planet goes around the sun and Mars goes around the sun, they're in different orbits and they pass each other at different times. And at certain times, Mars is completely on the opposite side of the sun to the Earth. So it's a huge distance away, you know, but the minimum time uh, is about uh, three minutes light travel time. So if you were to send a signal to the, to, the, to the helicopter to do this, it will take three minutes for your signal to get there, and it will take three minutes for that helicopter to then respond to you to find out what it did. So that's six minutes. So actually it has to be autonomous because of that. Okay, well, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, Professor Quentin Parker there from the Department of Physics, Director of Space Research Laboratory at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed. Let's finish off with some, some uh, more emails and our main topic, documentaries today. Alan says, uh, Backchat, Martin equates the, that's a, an earlier email, equates the Hong Kong protests with the US January the 6th attack on the Capitol. He says the documentaries glorifying US insurrection would be banned by US national security laws. I know of no such laws in the US that apply 
apply to media. And every day on Fox News, Newsmax, OANN and many other uh, outlets, you can see programmes glorifying the insurrection. Despicable but legal. That is uh, from uh, Alan. Uh, Dennis says on uh, ID cards, uh, uh, according to the law, all people in Hong Kong, including tourists, must carry ID and be able to identify themselves when asked by a police officer. It is not illegal not to have your Hong Kong government-issued ID card. The Hong Kong ID card may be provided at a later date uh, if needed. That's from uh, Dennis. Thank you very much in, indeed for that. And uh, let's go out with a, uh, a blast from uh, Vic, who says, Dear Backchat, your is the only remaining forum giving a balanced view, giving enough time to all sorts of opinions without being judgmental and lacking any unnecessary censorship. Keep the flag flying as long as it is viable. Three cheers. That comes from Vic. Thank you very much indeed. That's a nice note to go out on, isn't it? Yeah, Danny, thank you very much indeed. Thanks to uh, Michelle, once again, our programme producer. The weather forecast, uh, it's going to be fine today and uh, hot, maximum temperature about 31 degrees, with light winds and the outlook hot during the day tomorrow, Cloudier with a few showers early to midweek next week. 26 degrees, the latest readings, with a relative humidity now of 76%. If you are eligible to register as electors in geographical or functional constituencies, submit application by the 2nd of May. You should provide true and accurate information. Provide phone number and email address for easier contact by the Registration and Electoral Office. You can submit the application by post, email, or fax, or online. If you receive a letter for address checking, reply promptly. For inquiries, call 2891-1001. And 34, the news now with Susan Lavender. Microbiologist Yung Kwok Yung says cross-contamination in a private laboratory testing samples for coronavirus may have resulted in more than two dozen false positives. The expert inspected the lab run by BGI after it yielded 30 positive samples all on the same day. Experts advising the government on Hong Kong's COVID vaccination programme are now recommending that pregnant women and nursing mothers receive the BioNTech jab. They updated their advice after reviewing the latest data, which showed that more than 90,000 pregnant women worldwide have been safely given the vaccine. Police say they're concerned the cases of child abuse are not coming to light because of the pandemic after reporting a slight fall in the number of reports last year. Child abuse is in the spotlight after a couple were sentenced to life imprisonment for the murder of their five-year-old daughter. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, great interpreter of Beethoven. And We're also shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know.